Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Blackhawks Live. Fire! That's hockey, baby! From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, time to talk hockey, time to talk Hawks. Player to center for Taves, he got a breakaway! Taves to win the game! Hawks win! Hawks win! Taves up the ice and each team rolls ahead. Dreisand is going to get to the net, he's sending it home! It's time for Blackhawks Live. Patrick Kane, a spin around, a backhand, we score! Patrick Kane putting on a show on St. Patty's weekend for Savoy Fair! Here's Joe Brand with Chris Bowden. It's go time! Well, there's a reason why today's intro wasn't all in-house clips from our very own and the great John Wideman on WGN Radio. We've got Pat Foley joining the show later on. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to Blackhawks Live. Along with Chris Bowden, I'm Joe Brand. We've only got a few more of these left, but we are very excited for tonight's show and very excited to be back with Chris Bowden as well. How you doing, pal? I'm doing fine. How are you, Joe? And uh, how blessed have we been in this town in terms of play-by-play people uh, along all, spanning all the sports? Uh, when, you, when you go back and think about it, for those of us uh, who are of a little younger age like you and those of us who are a little up there, uh, what uh, what a history we have had of play-by-play announcers, and with the Blackhawks in particular over the course of the last 15, 20 years, with John included on the radio end of things, having uh, Pat there as well since, what, 1980, 81? Um, man, uh, how, how blessed have, have Chicago fans been from the Blackhawks to some of the voices we've had with the other United Center slash Chicago Stadium tenant and the Bulls, and you think back to the Bears, Cubs, and, and White Sox as well. It's really been a rich history, and uh, with the Blackhawks in particular, between John and Pat, um, what, a, what a way to uh, listen and watch Blackhawks hockey over the course of the last several decades. Spoiled is how yeah. I like to categorize it, and I've used that term a lot because, listen, I, I, I love the art of play-by-play. I clearly do it on the minor league side, but just who I have been able to listen, be able to listen to for so many years, so easily and so closely, the Pat Hughes, the Pat Foley's, the John Wideman's. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up listening to Chip Carey, and I, I still kind of turn my head, perk my ear a little bit when I hear Braves highlights, just because I'm so used to his voice, and it's sounding like summer, and it's sounding like baseball. And uh, I, I truly don't know if Chicagoans know how lucky they've had it, how lucky they have it. And yeah, we were really lucky to uh, be able to interview the great Pat Foley. Uh, Go ahead and say, yes, it is a pre-recorded interview. Um, (laughs) We we addressed something of that in the interview and it's in and of itself because it was before the game against Dallas on Sunday. So Mm -hmm. it was before his game with Dale Talon. But I even asked that, you know, what what are you anticipating to be uh, repaired with one of your best partners uh, in your career? And I mean, the list goes on and on with all of Pat's partners, Troy Murray, Dale Talon, Eddie mm-hmm. Olchek. We talk about each one of them with Pat, too, so definitely uh, stick around for that interview because it's going to be a lot of fun. But I, I, I believe I saw your tweets uh, watching the Pat Foley-Dale Talon game. Anything that uh, 
perked your interest well, throughout yeah, that broadcast? It, it was it was it was kind of interesting because you know you, you could tell Dale hadn't done this for a while, but uh, in typical Dale fashion. Um, I think there was there was uh, action going on without a stoppage in play or an opportunity to jump into the into the uh, commentary for about the first ninety seconds or two minutes of the game, and when Pat was able to t- finally take a breath, Dale Dale's first words were, "How am I doing so far?" So uh, it was that sense of humor that we've always seen from from Dale Talon when we uh, knew him paired with Pat back in the day and before he took on a greater role within the organization. And I know at, at one point of the broadcast, too, Pat teed him up on how grateful he was that when the Blackhawks did win that first Stanley Cup back in 2010, he got a phone call from a bunch of the guys in the locker room, uh, guys that he had drafted and brought in and was very instrumental in the building of that roster. And um, even though he was uh, uh, not with the Blackhawks anymore, those guys remembered him. And from the locker room, amidst all that celebration, somebody gave the thought to give Dale a call and say, you know, thanks for bringing me here. Thanks for all you've done, and I know that meant a lot to him. So uh, there were a couple of those moments during the broadcast where you know he reflected back on how much uh, the organization has meant to him. Went out and did some some outstanding things for the Florida Panthers, and you know now that he is gone, some of the players that he brought in, uh, even though that roster has been uh, strengthened since uh, his his replacement Bill Zito has come in, nevertheless there's some very key cogs in that Florida Panthers system right now on that team that uh, were a part of the system when Dale was making those selections, kind of like it was with the Blackhawks, even though he wasn't around with an official title when they finally broke through and won the Stanley Cup. Well, and I think it's it's very good that you pointed out too of. Dale Talon's humor with Pat Foley and something that had nothing to do with the game, had mm-hmm. nothing to do with the play-by-play, because that is what makes duos and tandems and pairings great. That's why everyone loved Pat and Ron. That's why everyone loves the current Pat and Ron. That's mm-hmm. why so many people love John and Troy, because of what goes on aside from the game. Of course, you know the game is what comes first. That's why people originally tune in. But you get fans to stay, especially on some games that aren't really favorable for the team that you're rooting for, because of the personalities, because of the chemistry of the two uh, that are talking with each other. And you're right, that was that was totally evident when they got to uh, get reunited on Sunday's game. And uh, a very cool treat by the Blackhawks. A very cool touch. It wasn't even announced until a week a week ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe a week and a half ago. Um, but very cool. I don't think anyone was expecting that. And I'm sure especially the diehard Blackhawks fans were very, very pleased to see that. Yeah, and, and uh, with that we, we go along and say that uh, you know uh, Pat's successor was named uh, a week ago as well. And we think uh, you know, uh, Chris uh, had a, had a real strong showing. I know you go back with him uh, quite a ways, and um, for all the opinions that are being uh, floated about during the course of this entire season and how the process played out, uh, what's done is done right now, and uh, we will have to savor and enjoy Pat here with the remaining games that he has left uh, of the ten remaining games that he'll be doing this season, um, but also. Uh, open our minds, uh, open the door, give give the new kid a chance. And uh, from everything that I have seen and heard from him and, and the way he performed with the opportunities that he was given, he has earned it. And uh, these things take time uh, to, to create a comfort for sure. zone for both the listener and for whomever these broadcasters are where you and I speak from experience on that. You know, it, it, it takes a while to find that uh, 
find that comfort zone, find that niche. And eventually, uh, Chris will be doing that uh, uh, with Eddie and whoever else he may be working with down the road. And uh, our best of luck to him as we, uh, again, uh, savor Pat for uh, the number of games that he has left here in this uh, 21-22 season. Yeah, we definitely touched on it and went kind of deep last week once uh, Chris Foster's was named the replacement. You're right, I, I kind of go back with him in my minor league days and uh, think the world of his work ethic, think the world of his work, and I think Blackhawks fans are, are going to come to really like Chris Foster's. And again, he's not going to be Pat Foley because you can't be Pat Foley. You can't replace Pat Foley. Even when I interviewed him, he's like, I don't consider it replacing Pat Foley. I consider it following Pat Foley because that's why legends in the booth, no matter who you are, Pat Foley, Vin Scully, anybody, they are their own self. They are their own personality, and that's why they stick for so long and touch so many people, and uh, I think Blackhawks fans know that quite well with Pat Foley. Uh, Chris, you actually gave away the answer for our Boyke's prize, <laughs> prize question. So much for planning, pre-production planning. Well, again, that's... Well, that's... we can change it on the fly if you want. No, you know what? Or I'm... we can just test to see if, if anyone's been paying attention to what I've been saying. Partially that. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'm a fan of open book tests, so I also giggled right after you said it, but uh, we just won't revisit it until somebody calls in with the correct answer. Our Boyke's Prize Pack giveaway, again, our friends over at Boyke's, they supply Biltong. It's like beef jerky, but it's better, it's healthier, it's gluten-free. And our Boyke's Prize Pack trivia question is, what year? Did Pat Foley start broadcasting for the Blackhawks? We're looking, we're looking for the year. If you give me the ser- uh, the season, uh, we'll we'll give you a, a slide by. And again, we gave you the answer already. Actually, yeah. Why am I trying to make it even easier? We gave you the answer already. The year and I wasn't even sure. I was just kind of guessing. <laughs> I, I was I was just throwing a dart. I knew it was somewhere in that neighborhood. So. Well, yeah. And and once you know the actual year, it's understandable of why you would just guess with that. Okay, we already have a call. We do have to get to a break. But again, what year did Pat Foley broadcast his first Black? Blackhawks game. 312-981-7200. You're listening to Blackhawks Live. More coming up right after this on 720 WGN. Hey, look at that. It's 720 on 720 WGN. You're listening to Blackhawks Live. He's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. We've got Pat Foley coming up talking about his final few games as the TV announcer of the Chicago Blackhawks. We posed our Boyke's prize pack question out there. What year did Pat Foley broadcast his first Chicago Blackhawks game? Chris from Joliet says he's got the right answer. Chris, what year, and if you could turn down your radio, that'd be great. What year did Pat Foley first broadcast his first Blackhawks game? It was the 80-81 season. The 80-81 season. The 80-81 season. I take it you were there. Uh, I was I was around. <laughs> I, I don't recall what radio station. Do you remember? Wait, wait, what was the question? What, what, what was the flagship station back then of the radio that he was on? I don't remember. I don't know if we're legally obliged to say other radio stations, <laughs> no, I but I want to. I, I want to be on something called WYEN. That's not even around anymore. Okay, I recall that. Okay. Yeah, they had. They, yeah, they they bounced around quite quite a bit, and I, I know they were over uh, up one notch on the dial for a, a while, where I was doing some pre and post game uh, with uh, Panger, Darren Pang, for a little bit. Wow. But um, yeah, uh, eighty eighty one. I was just guessing. So uh, from Chris to Chris, uh, at least you know you knew exactly what the answer was. I just I just took a lucky guess, and that's what it was. I knew it was somewhere around that. Well, and our next question was going to be who hosted pre and post, and who was their partner too, <laughs> and hopefully someone was going to call in with Chris Bowden. Uh, that was Chris from Joliet. Chris, congratulations! I won in a Boykey's prize pack again. Check out our friends at Boykey's dot com. B O I K E Y S dot com. Use the promo code W G N and uh, try using the co- promo code Joe Puck as well. 
And uh, again, great stuff. It's not uh, it's not beef jerky. It's biltong. It's better than beef jerky and healthier for you as well. Uh, we do have another call. We're going to get to them in just a moment, though. Uh, but Chris, I, I do kind of want to talk about the recent storylines for this Hawks team because, unfortunately, Sunday night, there was a better overall effort given by the Hawks than Thursday night against the Seattle Kraken, and it kind of turned out to be the difference in Sunday's game was the goaltending. Kevin Lankinen uh, continuing to have a a little bit of some struggles in between the pipes, and uh, for that, he was pulled after two periods, and then even Derek King today at practice mentioned that Colin Delia will get the start tomorrow night against the LA Kings, but... um, Kevin Lankinen was the goaltender that stood out among the rest last season, and that's not quite being the case. It's been an unusual year for him. It's been a tough year for him to deal with injuries and COVID and uh, you know playing underneath Marc-Andre Fleury. But uh, unfortunately, right now, Kevin Lankinen is not performing the way he'd like to. Yeah, and this is, this is going to make uh, the decision-making at that position uh, in the offseason a little bit uh, more curious because um, uh, Kevin, over his last six starts, has allowed 25 goals on 199 shots. That's an 874 save percentage. And again, it's not all on him. Uh, there were some goals last night that probably were more on him than you know uh, than usual. So ten games to go here, and uh, you know it, it, it's uh, we'll see whether. You know, there, there's kind of a reset both for Kevin and for this team as a whole because, you know, we've seen some stretches where they put some competitive games together, uh, pick up some wins, but now seven straight losses, two, seven, and three in their last 12. Yeah, that game against Seattle last week was um, really a, a low point. And yesterday, last night, they were, you know, ahead for a few uh, few heartbeats until they gave up that lead against the Dallas Stars. And uh, now this goalie situation looks wide open. I haven't scoured what the free agent market is going to look like outside of you know who we know the Blackhawks free agents will be at that position. But some uh, you know, tough decisions have to be made here moving forward. And I, I guess the thing we want to see for these last 10 games are going to come between now and the next time we have a Blackhawks live. And, and you want to just see some response. And we saw a little bit of it, but again, not for 60 minutes last night against the Dallas Stars. So you got an L.A. Kings team that is very surprisingly right there in the thick of the hunt and, and holding down the third Pacific Division playoff spot right now. They come to town tomorrow, 86 points, which is light years ahead of what a lot, a lot of people expected. And you have a San Jose team that's kind of struggling, but then the rest of the week plays out where you're in Nashville on Saturday afternoon and then come back home to host a Calgary team on Monday. So... Three of these next four opponents are in or right there in the thick of the playoff chase, and I want to see what kind of response this team gets because it just hasn't been up to snuff here uh, recently, and especially in the two games that they played uh, since we were last on the air together here. We've got Dave from Evergreen Park with a question on the defense. Dave, what's your question about the Hawks' defense right now? Yeah, the the defense was awful the last uh, six games, and uh, I'm surprised they have Calvin Hahn anymore. Uh, he probably won't be on the team next year. He's too expensive. And I was just thinking that maybe they'd be able to pick up Eric Elbranson or Josh Manson or uh, they're all RFA guys. And uh, for goalie, maybe um, Dan Vladder or Louis Domingan, and he's over in Pittsburgh. Is there any possibility they can do anything like that? I mean, it all comes down to – it all comes down to – 
you know, what is going to shape what the Hawks want to do for next season? Like, are those guys bridge guys, or are those guys guys for the future? And they're all going to be difficult questions for Kyle Davidson moving forward. Um, but I'd imagine, again, he's used the term rebuild, and we thank Dave for Evergreen Park for the question. Um, the term is rebuild right now. The thought is rebuild. So even if you do make these moves, are these one-year deals? Are they two-year deals? Are they benefiting the team right now or for the very long run? And, uh, I mean, I'd imagine you'd go for some more short-term help uh, in terms of some of those holes. I honestly, because, you know, this this conversation about the goaltender has been floated around now um, this past couple of weeks after Lankinen has not performed how he may have should have but, um, you know, I, I, I don't know what the right move is with the goaltender. I would kind of be okay with continuing with Kevin Lankinen to at least see what you've got in him. And, you know, Arvid Soderblom is hopefully going to take maybe a bigger step towards the NHL next season. You have him in the waiting, possibly. But, uh, yeah, again, I, Chris, feel free to, to say what you want on this. But I think it's... It's got to benefit the Blackhawks in the short term before it can the long term, right? Yeah, when some of those names you're floating around, uh, you know, you don't know what what uh, what kind of other offers that, that they're going to receive, and how you know Kyle Davidson is viewing all of this. You know, certainly, you'd like to see Lincoln and finish a little stronger with whatever opportunities he has given here down the stretch. Let's also keep in mind, and this isn't the entire reason, but not having Connor Murphy on that defense sure. hurts a lot. Uh, we don't know if we're you know they're going to get him back. Uh, he is back skating from what we understand, whether you know he, they want to throw him in here over the course of the last 10 games. But when you look at this overall defense here moving forward, you have Seth Jones and Connor Murphy and Jake McCabe under contract for several more years. In, in Seth Jones's case, several, 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 several more years. So those are three positions that are locked down unless you make a move with one of those veterans and, and ship them out elsewhere. And, uh, you know, maybe during the course of the last couple of weeks, we get Joey Z back on to discuss how things are going down in Rockford for this slew of young defensemen who, you know, a lot of them have already gotten tastes of the NHL, mm-hmm. but they're better served. And I think the Blackhawks are at least doing this right, or Kyle Davidson is doing this right, and just keeping them down there. Yes, if you need to call them up or an emergency, by all means do so. But, you know, let them let them try and grow their game at the AHL level consistently against that level of opposition before they uh, get another opportunity here in the NHL. So uh, you would hope and think that some of those guys, whether it's, you know, a Mitchell or a Bodan or a Kalanick um, or even a Regula, might be ready to step into a regular role next season and have those kind of responsibilities. What we do know right now is, yes, Calvin Hahn is going to be an unrestricted free agent. I highly doubt he's going to be back next season. Mm -hmm. So you have those three veterans you're going to have to uh, build your defense around if if those three are going to stay and then figure out the best of the bunch where you can uh, round out that defense because those are going to be what you think and hope are going to be the defensemen of the future. And that all plays into this goalie situation, too. I definitely want to get into a few more points and a few more things that Dave from Evergreen Park said as well. But we do have to get to news with Steve Ruxton. After that, Pat Foley right here on Blackhawks Live, 720 WGN. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live on 720 WGN. And we are joined by the Hall of Famer, Pat Foley. And Pat, I know this has been kind of a wild last couple of months, but... uh, all the re- feedback you've received, all the acknowledgments from fans, is there any been anything that has surprised you lately with all of that? Uh, I wouldn't say surprised. Uh, really, from my standpoint, I mean, really the whole year has been a surprise in the sense that, 
uh, when you're used to the grind for 40 years. Uh, you know, I'm kind of a part-timer now. So, um, But it's been nice to sort of be able to pick your road games and um, pick most of your schedule. That's been incredibly uh, great. And so, you know, big thanks to uh, Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner for making that available to me. And, and with that, you know, of course, they could do what they wanted to do, which was uh, audition a bunch of people and see who fit and... And uh, obviously, Chris Foster's is the guy, and um, looking forward to him uh, getting the opportunity to sit in that chair and uh, uh, carry Blackhawks uh, TV to the uh, the next level, wherever that is. As we record now, three games left right before the Dallas game on this Sunday evening. But uh, I mean, that last game is coming up. Uh, what are you expecting that day? Uh, are, have you felt any emotions already? And are you kind of trying to prepare yourself for that at all? Well, truthfully, the preparation for that for me has been all about organizing. I mean, I, I got people coming from, I got all four time zones covered uh, as far as who's coming in, friends of mine that uh, are going to come in and want to be part of it. And I'm so excited to have them coming in here. And you know, many of those folks have been uh, buddies of mine way before I ever got this job. So um, it's going to be great. It's going to be special. It's going to be melancholy for sure. I mean, um, I still like calling the games. I really do. I, I uh, enjoy the challenge of it. I uh, enjoy being on the air with Eddie Olchek. Um, I enjoy trying to put together a fun and informative broadcast. Those are all things that uh, have kept me going this long. There's a lot of stuff around that that I'm not so fond of, and, you know, that's part of the reason I'm, uh, I'm uh, moving on. So, um, look, it's going to be – there will be some emotions. I mean, it, it's not going to be easy in, in many respects, but, you know, whatever Thursday turns into, uh, I'm glad that my family's going to be able to share in that, as they've been able to share in this entire ride. And, you know, I, one of the coolest things about – this job for me has been my family be, being able to share in whatever residuals there are, you know. So um, um, it's been really cool. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun, and you know, this week is going to be obviously very different, but that's all right. I, I'm looking forward to it. I do kind of wish we could talk to you after you get reunited with Dale Talon, but it is kind of cool to get <laughs> get you before it as well. I mean, what, what are you anticipating right now? Uh, fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what I've. That's what I look for in everything I do in life, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, I think – and by the way, I'm not sure I've ever gotten more reaction. I've, I've gotten more texts from people that are uh, so excited to tune into this uh, broadcast. And, you know, hopefully we live up to that. Live up to that. But, uh, you know, we will. Dale's a great uh, analyst, and uh, he's, a, he's a fun guy. And we go back a long way, and I've, I've watched his kids grow up with him and – I'm a very, very close friend of his, and will always be that. So, um, the game, this game uh, that uh, you're talking about, that uh, he's working, obviously means nothing to the Blackhawks, you know, in, in reality. So, uh, I'm not sure how much hockey we're going to talk, but uh, you know, we'll go have some fun and uh, hope it works. You know, you mentioned that all, all the response you got once the news was breaking that Dale Talon was going to join you. I mean, everybody loves you and Eddie. Everyone loved you and Troy. But what is it about you and Dale that you think maybe it was just everyone was a little bit more fond of? Well, we had, uh, I mean, we are together a long time. I don't even know what the number was, 15 or 16 years. Um, and I, I do think that there are so many similarities with uh, the way he approached broadcasting and the way that Eddie does, which is 
Look, we're there to inform the fans and, and call what's in front of us and, you know, describe the action and so forth. But he, he looks and always did look at the game like a scout would. I mean, he could point out little things that make big differences. And for me, that's a huge add to any, you know, sort of broadcast. I mean, we're trying to, uh, you know, inform people and maybe educate. But the most important thing is, we know we work in the toy department, man. You know, this is not, in the big picture, that important. So uh, let's have fun with it. You know, we are in the entertainment business. He's a really a funny guy and loves to laugh just like I do. So uh, I think that uh, sort of chemistry, um, people uh, look back on it fondly, and I do too. I heard you talking about when you worked with Troy Murray how frustrated he got with himself when he would make a mistake and you had to be the one kind of coaxing him down was that an interesting position to be in because i feel like you know you, you work with someone who played the game normally it's them giving you all the tips but you know you were kind of the uh the setter the the calm setter in that instance well i mean look at uh, troy approach broadcasting the way he approached playing the game i mean he, he wanted to be excellent at, uh, at both things and look at it, it's it's not easy to go off the ice and put a headset on you know so um he never made any huge mistakes or anything like that, but the perfectionism that he was seeking would, you know, would eat at him, you know. And I'm just like, I always would have to hose him down once in a while. <laughs> Listen, kid, you're going to get this. Don't worry about it. You're, you're doing great now. You're going to get better. You know, it's all good. And obviously, he's evolved into uh, one of the great analysts uh, in in the city. So, and in the sport, really. So, um, I'm so glad that uh, uh, our WGN fans get to hear him as often as they have this year, especially more so in the second half. It's just been awesome. I've been able to listen a couple times, too. And um, you know this as well as anybody. Anytime I see him, uh, it's an uplifting thing, and I can't wait to hug him next time I see him. When did you know that Eddie Olchek was something special? Oh, before I worked with him. I mean, um, I mean, I've known him since he was 18 years old. I was doing the games when the Hawks drafted him third overall. And so, you know, I knew him as a player. And, um, you know, we've been friends for all those years. So before I ever sat next to him, I knew that he was a great broadcaster. I had heard him before uh, doing some Penguins games and uh, working with a great Bob Miller, the old L.A. Kings broadcaster, uh, you know, doing some national games. Look at these. Um, He's got those same sensibilities that uh, Dale did, uh, which is uh, uh, inform, but also have fun. So um, it was uh, the chemistry was instant and remained so. And uh, and and one thing, one word I haven't mentioned yet with all the guys that I worked with, which is really important. And uh, John and Troy would tell you the same thing: trust. You got to know that the guy you're with is trustworthy it is in your corner wants you to do well too this is a team i mean uh, the broadcast is a team to make it uh, sound the right way so if you have egos getting involved or somebody's got an agenda i i just know a lot of broadcasting stories where those things have come into play and it never works uh these have all worked and i feel lucky that it has not surprised but lucky trust uh toy department having fun is there anything that maybe of your philosophy was changed or maybe even just tweaked throughout your entire career here uh no not really i mean i um i mean i always tried to call the games uh like i was sitting on sitting next to the guy that's listening you know i mean i i, I hope i sound like i'm on the the next stool with uh, next to him 
um, or on the couch with uh, those people or whatever. So um, that's been my my goal. I mean, right from the start, that I don't think that's ever wavered. Did you ever find yourself? At what point did you find yourself being more comfortable being yourself, or did you feel like right away, right when you first threw the headset on, you were yourself on the air? Um, I think so right away. I mean, although the first four years I broadcast here, I was doing radio by myself, yeah. so that that uh, you know that could be challenging. You know, when a pane of glass broke and you got to fill about fifteen minutes or something, but. Um, it was so great to be able to, like when Dale and I got put together, after me working by myself on radio for four straight years, uh, it was a huge blessing uh, to be able to have somebody to bounce stuff off and then uh, just have a second voice. I don't care who you are or how good you are, one voice for three hours trying to call a hockey game, you know, it's, it might wear on people after a while. So I'm, I'm glad I wound up with a partner and... Uh, but my approach, look at, I really felt that I was ready for the job when I got it. Uh, I felt so lucky to be able to call my hometown team. I mean, I'm broadcasting games as a 26-year-old watching Tony Esposito play goal. And I'm, you know, I grew up idolizing that guy. So um, it just took a little probably boost of confidence to understand what my job evolved into. But... Uh, it's pretty much been close to the same, I think, all the way through. Well, great timing as always with the sound effects. But, uh, now, Pat, thank you very much for doing this. Uh, I know it's been an emotional roller coaster the past couple of months. I know you've been doing a lot of these, but we really appreciate you taking the time for us. And Congratulations. Speaking from a fan that grew up listening to you, loving you, it's, it's going to be very strange to see you go, but um, I really, really appreciate this. Hey, listen, it's easy to do. Nice being with you, and uh, appreciate the kind words, and keep doing the great job you're doing on GM. It's all good, man. That's a great Pat Foley. We'll have more Blackhawks Live coming up, 720 WGN. One last stop of Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN. Another big thanks to Pat Foley for taking some time with us before uh, Sunday's game to chat and uh, just kind of reminisce over the years. I'm getting grilled on the text line, Chris, um, about uh, not for forgetting to mention Billy Gardner, about oh, yeah. partnering up with uh, Pat Foley as well. Well, uh, stop your grilling, people. <laughs> from uh, Grill something else. From the 3 3 one Pat Foley's first game, 1980. I was 11 years old. I'm now 52. Pat Foley brought so much excitement, even when the Hawks weren't that good. All those times went against the great one in Messier on WIND. Yeah, and uh, just imagine four years of doing the entire broadcast by yourself. I mean, <laughs> that's a whole lot of work in keeping the pipes clean and in shape. Um, that I, I forgot he had had done that and uh, was all by his lonesome. Great story about Troy as well. Treating treating the treating the job as a as an analyst like he did as a player because I knew he as a player he certainly took it very seriously. And uh, this isn't grilling you, Joe, but shameless plug here. I, I'm over here on the TV side tonight, yeah. And on GN Sports at 10:30, we will hear Dan Rohn's interview. With Pat okay, Foley. So now right. we can contrast and compare 
how these two interviews went. I, I'm sure both of them have. <laughs> oh, please, uh, are no, don't don't compare me with Dan Rowe. Well, only- I, one thing I do know is Dan will not have the scoreboard pregame testing uh, <laughs> okay, good. racket going on behind him in his interview. I honestly was surprised it was timed up so well. I was expecting <laughs> that to happen after question number two. Right. Uh, no, please don't uh, compare anything with me and Dan Rowe. The only thing we have in common is we went to the same college. Yeah, um, well, that's that's the breeding ground. That's the broadcast <laughs> breeding ground here. I thought it was Columbia Clouds. That well, that's why I went there eons ago, but uh, it must be ISU. Wanted to also mention Arvid Soderbloom recently became the most winningest goaltender in Rockford Icehogs history with his 18th win of the season. We were talking about goaltenders a little bit earlier. Uh, Blackhawks Grim Reaper on Twitter. He's a big fan, listens all the time, uh, bringing up the fact that Drew Comesso is in the program, too, asking about where we think he could be. That's tough to tell. I, he played in the Olympics this past year, but it was unique circumstances yeah. with the NHL players not going there. I believe he was the youngest goal tender uh to uh to make the u.s olympic team and, and play in the olympic games but uh no you're absolutely right that that's a good person to bring up that's a good uh key piece to hopefully this rebuild for the Blackhawks moving forward, but that's tough to tell exactly, to put a timeline on him. Right, and even with Soderblom, too. Uh, you would right. hope uh, he'd be a part of what would be a deep Rockford playoff run. I think they have to get 10 more points in the last 9 games or 9 in the last 10, something like that. So hopefully he can get that kind of high-pressure exposure at the AHL level, not that his introduction to the NHL was any less high-pressure than that. Um, but yeah, I, th- I would think uh, Camesso. He didn't even have a full college season here. It was broken up by, you know, uh, the the Olympics as well. And before we sign off, I just I just want to give a, a stick tap to uh, the great Blackhawks uh, trainer, Paulie Goodman, who yeah, good uh, celebrated his 1,000th game last night as uh, the Blackhawks trainer does an outstanding, tireless job uh, with all of them. And um, uh, actually, I'm not even sure if trainer is his strength, Mike strength Gapsky, and conditioning strength coach. and conditioning coach because yep. Mike Gapsky is the the uh, official head trainer there. But Paul uh, Goodman does outstanding work. Wonderful guy, and uh, nobody puts in more hours than he does with some of these guys, both in season and the off season. So, uh, a job well done, and hopefully another thousand more to come for Paulie. For sure, you realize how significant someone is when the strength conditioning coach gets as much recognition as he did for his one thousandth game, and, and rightly so. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Blackhawks Live. Again, we only got a couple more left, and the next two are coming up on Tuesdays because the Blackhawks play on Monday. But again, we thank you all for listening tonight and every other week as well. For Chris Bowden, I'm Joe Brand. Another big thanks to Pat Foley, our producer Curtis Koch, our engineer Brett Jackson. Steve Ruxton will have the news next, and we will talk to you tomorrow night when the Blackhawks host the LA Kings at 7.30, the pregame show beginning at 7, and we'll talk to you next week as well.